Quarterbacks, hosted by W. Earl Kitchings. Our podcast is dedicated to preserving the legacies of black quarterbacks who've played the game of American football. And now, here's your host, W. Earl Kitchings. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the Forgotten Quarterbacks. We are glad that you could join us and we hope that you find some value and have something to talk about when you're talking with friends. Especially when you go to the barbershop, guys, this show can give you all the insight for some trivia that, man, when you bring it to them, you're going to stump them and they're not going to know who or when you're talking about. So here at the Forgotten Quarterbacks, our mission is to preserve the legacy of black quarterbacks who have played the game of American football for the past hundred years. So we ask you to join us and listen to our podcast whenever you choose to, and hopefully it's something that you find entertaining. We're going to have some fun today on the show because instead of giving you another one of our legacy moments, talking about black quarterbacks who have played at Uh, some of the most renowned colleges in America. We're going to do a little bit of fun things today and give you some quotes that have been said by analysts, coaches, sports writer of the media uh, over the past, probably the past 70 years about black quarterbacks. And as we give you the quotes, we'll cite where they were placed. And for those of who wrote them, we'll give you the name of the guys who actually said some of the quotes. Not all of them have the authors, but they were just um, identified. We just identified them by their publication. And it was amazing to come across almost a hundred quotes that we put in the book. There were probably a few more, but It's just amazing to recount some of the things that have been said about black quarterbacks who from the 60s and 70s, and I'm citing those particular decades because in the 50s when there was segregation, there really wasn't an expectation of a guy being black, playing quarterback on a pro team. But they've been around. They've played at the college level uh, in the 50s. Uh, Some of them were outstanding passers. Uh, The name that always comes to mind is the name who, a guy whose nickname, it just resounds a guy who could play the game. And that was Willie the Pro Thrower who played at Michigan State back in the 50s. But we're going to give you these quotes that have come from people who covered or spoke to or witnessed or saw these guys play. And it's just a quote, not who who it's about anything, but just to give you a feel for what was said. It doesn't really matter who it was said about, because when you talk about the fact that these guys weren't always given a fair shake let alone being paid fair wages. 
And the first guy that comes to mind when we talk about fair wages was Doug Williams when he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, took them out of the doldrums of losing and put them on a winning track. And when asked to be paid the same amount as your top quarterbacks and starters for other teams, management told him no. And that is just a snippet of what was happening with these guys. But, of course, the biggest obstacle, I'll put it that way, the biggest obstacle for these guys was the fact that there was an aptitude test that if they didn't do well, then the coach and or the team would push him into playing a different position. And for some of them who never really took the test serious because it's like, what does this IQ test have to do with me playing football and being a quarterback? Especially the ones who've played quarterback their entire life. You can teach like we have on-the-job training. Train them up on the job. You didn't have to give them a test so he could fail the test because you knew they, the test was going to be slanted and biased so that they couldn't help but fail the test. So these kind of things are going on. But what we're going to do is have some fun today with some of these quotes. Some of them I think you'll find very interesting to hear. Some of them will be unique in what was said about these guys. And perhaps some of them will be even humorous. So we're going to start off with a quote that was cited out of Jet Magazine. And it was saying that uh, this one particular quarterback, a quarterback who had uh, – was an autogram type throw. And autogram was a quarterback back in the 50s, was, you know, renowned for being an outstanding quarterback, played for the Cleveland Browns, and, you know, he was thought to be one of the best ever, autogram. So you could throw the ball like autogram. And uh, as I've maybe shared with you, if, if there was a quarterback that I ever saw play the game that I felt to this day, was one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the, was Johnny Unitas. And I'm going to stick by that, and you're not going to persuade me to think otherwise, and it has nothing to do with the fact that Johnny Unitas was a Caucasian American. It has to do with the fact that his leadership ability and his throwing ability and the fact that he could run an offense and do um, things that you know a lot of other guys couldn't do made him phenomenal. Here's a quote. A triple threat rookie sensation. A triple threat rookie sensation. Man, you're a triple threat. Then there was one about Eldridge Dickey, and this was made by Al Davis, the general manager, who drafted Eldridge Dickey but not, would not put Eldridge Dickey in a quarterbacking role. And recently I found a few photographs of him in the Raiders uniform. He would have been wearing number 10, and the photographs show him in quarterback poses. And I'm like, why didn't you just give the man a shot at being a quarterback? He could throw with his left and right hand. He was about six foot two, six foot three. He was a young guy, but you made him a wide receiver so you could keep George Blander, who was in his 30s, in the backup role. But Al Davis said that. Eldridge Dickey has great potential as a quarterback. 
the hypocrisy of Al Davis to make that quote and comment, but yet did not see fit to make him the third string quarterback for the Oakland Raiders in 1966. Hypocrisy. See, things like that cause quarterbacks of color to not get fair opportunities. There's another quote about Henri Jackson, who played at Alabama A&M and came to the pros. He said, Henri Jackson could be the Willie Mays of pro football. Now, Willie Mays, in my opinion, you may have yours, the greatest baseball player to ever play the game. And if anybody would like to have a one-on-one to dispute that, I welcome it because he could hit with power, he could steal bases, and he could throw people out and defend. He could do it all. Willie say hey Mays. But they said Henry Jackson could be the Willie Mays of pro football, and that came from Rami Loud, uh, Patriots personnel director, and that would have been in the late 60s, early 70s. Tennessee State answered a Broadway Joe Namath was cited by the Daytona Beach Morning Journal. And you know who they were talking about, right? Joe Gilliam. Great quarterback. Here's one. A crowd of 52,446 San Diego fans booed bitterly when young J.J. Jones opened at quarterback instead of Joe Namath. Folks weren't happy about that. Oh, no, don't, don't start that guy. Where's Broadway Joe? Then a quote from the Lakeland Ledger. He is a rangy 6'2", 180-pound with a whiplash arm and what in football parlance you can call quick feet. It's just amazing to hear what people wrote. Morris Owens, Bucks wide receiver, said that Doug Williams throws the, the ball like the 1976 MVP of the NFL, Burt Jones. Now, you know, when Doug Williams was playing for Tampa, they used to say Doug threw too hard. Threw too hard. So now you've heard the, the quotes about quarterbacks having rocket arms or uh, arms like a cannon or he's got a gun. Well, Doug Williams threw too hard, but yet he threw for over 7,000 yards at Grambling. How do you do that? You just put out some bad information so that you can minimize the guy. Keep from paying him the money he deserves. But it did not stop him from becoming the MVP in the Super Bowl. Moving on to some other quotes. Let's see. He might be a player someday, but he's not as dedicated as he should be. That was a comment from Tom Landry, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys. This quote came from the United Press International, UPI. And I know you're like, well, if you don't know the names of the guy, why are you getting the quotes? I'm just citing the quotes. I'm, you know, trying to figure out who all these guys were. But I just want you to hear what people were writing. It won't. It doesn't really matter because they wrote it about these guys who were outstanding quarterbacks. But what they said was an um, outstanding athlete who played in a most pass-happy offense in college, great feet, 
questions about arm strength and his competition. You can say that about any quarterback. Arm strength, whether he's a com- competitor or not. This quote came from Mark Rippon when he was playing at Washington State about his teammate Turner. He can turn a bad hand into something terrific. And that goes to show you that when these guys get in trouble, they can do something phenomenal. Wayne Fonts, the quarter head former coach of uh, the Detroit Lions, said this about Andre Ware. He's a winner. He's got a lot of class. Associated Press also said this about Ware was supposed to be the savior of the Lions. Oh, so now the guy, the black quarterback, can be the savior. You know, you give me an IQ test to flunk me out, but then I can be the savior of the team. It's interesting. Part Warren Moon, part Steve Martin, part Floyd the Barber. That was a quote that came out of the Pittsburgh Press. Sports Illustrated talked about a quarterback often been criticized for disappearing in big games. You know, as a team sport, you play with 10 other guys on on your offense or defense. And sometimes you can't make the plays for other guys on the team. You can't run it for them, and you can't catch it for them. They can't throw it for you, and they can't call the plays for you. So it's a give and take. Bill Parcells cited a, a young man who came to the Patriots organization when he was there as being a very bright kid with a with a good arm. Talk about guys who just did not get a fresh shot. This quote came from Johnny Morton about Johnny um, about Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch was a a long-time quarterback in the league. People talk about Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, but Charlie's the best rookie quarterback, bar none. Now, I don't know how many of you know the story about Ryan Leaf, but he was touted to be this phenomenal quarterback coming out of Washington State and turned into a bust when he got to the NFL, so much so that they nicknamed him Crying Ryan. So if Charlie Batch was the best rookie quarterback between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, and that was cited by Johnny Morton, who was Batch's teammate, what does that tell you about the legacy of these guys who've played this position? Because they've had the talent and the tools. Former NFL Scott, uh, scout excuse me, Tom Bratz made this comment. He's got all the physical equipment you look for. All the physical equipment you look for. Well, we've seen that time and time and time again. The physical abilities. But opportunity is what escapes a lot of the guys. And granted, there have been some guys who have not been that good. But that's just human life. Everybody's not going to be a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. 
when you talk about longevity, I could talk about the fact that Warren Moon played many, many, many years, played in two leagues, was a winner in Canada, and was a winner in the NFL, although he could never, never get to the Super Bowl. But I guarantee you, had he gotten to the Super Bowl, he would have, you know, showed you just what kind of quarterback he was. But because it took him almost a decade, almost a decade to get to the NFL after playing at the University of Washington, he didn't get an opportunity. He didn't even get a look. And when I think about guys who don't even get an opportunity, I think about Charlie Ward, who played at Florida State, who when it was time for him to enter the NFL draft, he did not get drafted because they were concerned as to whether or not he was going to play football or basketball. Well, I don't know of any other than Charlie Ward, any, let me say that again, I don't know of any Heisman Trophy winner who did not get drafted by the NFL. Show me one and I'll shut up. Charlie Ward is the only one Heisman Trophy winner, not drafted, and oh, by the way, he was a quarterback. Some of the other comments, uh, a, a paper wrote this, the Patriots may have a Cordell Stewart-type player on their hands. Well, Cordell Stewart played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, called him Slash, and I guess he was that kind of a triple threat kind of guy. Outstanding athlete. This quote came from uh, former South Carolina State coach Willie Jeffries. And just to give you a short bio of Coach Willie Jeffries, uh, he was the first a black coach to coach at a major D1 football program when he coached at Wichita State. But he said this about Ted White, who was the former quarterback at Howard University. Ted White has the tendency to showboat a little, and our offense is ready to try and shut him down. Now, when you got a coach talking about a, a guy who's a showboat, well, when we were coming up, and I think – to this day, it still is the same thing. You got to have a little style. Got to have a little flashiness. You got to have a little style about how you do things. So, yeah, you might be a little stylish. You might be a little showboatish. But that style resonates with your teammates. The late Steve Air McNair. I don't know if you want to call him a showboat, but he had a lot of style. And you're talking about a triple threat. Man, Steve McNair could get it done. At about 6'3", maybe about 210, could run probably a 4-4-40, had an arm where he could throw it 65, 70 yards in the air. But he did it with such finesse, grace, and style. So to hear a coach talk about a guy being a showboat, yeah, give me a showboat who can help me win some games because sometimes just basic won't make it happen. One writer from the SI.com had this to say about a quarterback. He has the rap of not adjusting qu quickly to defenses, not throwing sideline routes well, and not seeing the entire field. 
Comments like that can kill careers, have killed careers. And it's okay to have your opinions. Uh, And of course, it's all well and good that those type of opinions happen. But, you know, sometimes say it at the wrong time, at the wrong place, it could be detrimental. Mel Kuyper of ESPN said, I thought quarterback Quincy Carter, whom they took in the second round, was at best a fifth-round pick. So when they're judging talent, sometimes you don't always see the talent that some teams are looking for based on your eyes. Mel Kuyper again said this about Michael Vick. With an awesome talent like Vick, the only concern will be how long it takes him to develop into a top-of-the-line pure passer. You know, when you're blessed with certain talents and abilities, you have to go, as they say, with what got you there. And for some of these guys who are quarterbacks who can avoid trouble with their legs and feet, who can throw on the run, who have a little style to themselves, who can not only run and throw, but they can drop back and throw if they're given time. You you sometimes look for too much in guys. And again, when things are, are published, it resonates sometimes a little bit more than we want it to. When we talk about the, the guys who have played this game, um, just unbelievable. John Gruden, the former Tampa Bay coach and Raiders coach, had this to say about LaMarcus Russell. The workout Russell had was Star Wars. It was unbelievable. Jamarcus Russell, they said this guy could throw a 60-yard pass from his knees, DT. 60 yards. I mean, he was about six foot four, maybe about 225, 230. Say this guy could throw passes from his knees. Who does that? Can just flick the ball like that. But again, when we talk about prototypical quarterbacks, when we talk about guys who can show you arm strength when they need to, show you finesse, show you all the reads, just do everything. You got to give them their due. You got to give them credit for what they've done and what they can do and what got them to the NFL. And again, not everybody is going to make it. Not everybody, you know, as they say, it was not destined for you to be an NFL quarterback. So when the careers of these guys are in the hands of coaches or writers, it can be great or it can be devastating. But no matter what, here at quarter five backs, all these guys were outstanding, awesome, great, and superior. And that's why we do what we do here to make sure that their legacies continue because they put it all on the line when they had to. So today our show has been about what they said, some of the quotes that coaches and writers and analysts have said about some of the black quarterbacks who have played in the league. And we wanted to just share that with you to kind of give you a feel for what 
some people have said about the guys and some of the things that were good and not so good. That's going to wrap it up for us today here on the Forgotten Quarterbacks podcast. We'd like to remind you that our show today was brought to you by the Anthony Lawrence Collection. Innovative designs that put fun and style in NCAA licensed collegiate apparel. If you're representing your university with pride and style, let the Anthony Lawrence Collection put you in some of their gear so you can do it a whole lot better. The Anthony Lawrence Collection is committed to being your source for exclusive collegiate apparel. They design clothing you love so you can focus on looking great and representing your college with pride. We want to thank you for joining us. As always, go to our website at quarterfyback.com. Click on our menu icon and go to our blog page and you will see all the newsletters. The Post Route is the name of our newsletter. You can catch or read all the newsletter to see this information firsthand. We've got color photographs, statistical information, and just uh, brief write-ups about these gentlemen and, and what they did. If that's not enough, go to the website and order the book, The Forgotten QBs. All the information is there. You can get it shipped to you at free of cost. It's only $35. And we just ask you to continue to support our efforts here at The Forgotten Quarterbacks. Until the next time, for my producer and director, technical assistant director, Deterion Sturgill, I'm W.R. Kitchings. As always, we hope that you've enjoyed the show. And we always like to tell you, go for the bomb. Thank you for joining us here on the Forgotten Quarterbacks with host W. Earl Kitching. Join us as we discuss more about the legacies of black quarterbacks who've played the game of American football. 